I, I guess for me, I always saw, you know, I, I would play things out and see how will they play out in my life. And if I don't do something about this, like the the feeling that I had in me to be an actor, to want to be an actor, even though I knew <clears throat> the strikes were against me, the odds were against me, the chances of me being a successful working actor were so slim. And then on top of that, add that I'm Latina, add that I'm brown, add that I'm from the Bronx, add that I grew up uh, in low economic uh, conditions, add that I didn't have the greatest education, like so many things that I thought were strikes against me. Um, You know, I could have chosen to go, well, I can't because I'm Latina and I'm from the Bronx and well, well, oh, well, what was me? I guess this existence that I'm living now is just going to be all that I can do. Or I can go, well, wait a minute. What if I chose differently? How would that play out? I don't know necessarily, but I know if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to keep getting the same things. This is The Roxanne Show. Get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of The Roxanne Show. Today's guest is my dear friend, Andrea Navedo. Andrea is dope, you guys. And actually, this is the second time that she's been on the podcast, but many of you may not know that because Andrea was one of the first guests that I had on. She's been such a supporter um, from the very beginning, before I even launched the podcast. We actually recorded the very first episode with her, which was episode 10, prior to me even launching the podcast. Um, I love her. I love her story. She's widely known for her incredible role in Jane the Virgin, one of the best popular comedy drama ever to do it and she's just released a badass book called our otherness is our strength andrea's story you guys is the classic classic success story where you know the individual comes out in this world doesn't have it all lined up to succeed in all the ways that any one of us wants to succeed but just decides that that's not going to be her story that she's not going to let what makes her different or any of the circumstances in her life that aren't really supporting her to necessarily quote unquote win um she's not going to live that life you know she's going to go for it and that's that's what she has continued to do I love her. I love how vulnerable she is, how authentic she is. I love this book straight up. I mean, it's such a fast read, but it's so nutrient dense. So we get down on, you know, all things the book in this episode and so much about Andrea's journey, which is truly, truly inspiring. So if you don't already follow her, you definitely want to go to Instagram, Andrea Novato. Everything is in the show notes. Enjoy this episode. Oh, and go buy her book. It is truly, truly so, so good. There's a link to that in the show notes as well. Enjoy. But I'm so excited. I want to play this. I want to play this to you. I always wanted to be an actress, but I didn't think it was a possibility. So how how did you, what was that feeling? How did you know that? Because you're just watch TV and like movies and want to be doing what they were doing. I, I, I would feel this like pull and and in my head I would say I want to do that I want to be that person would you actually um would you visualize it I yeah for sure for sure and it's so funny I even remember and I don't know if it will happen but I just remember like all the things happening to me as a child and I remember saying to myself I'm gonna write a book about this someday (laughs) I love that It's like, this is pretty wild what's happening to me. You know, I don't know if I ever will, but um, 
Yeah, I remember thinking like there was a part of me that could remove myself myself from myself and be observing myself and observing the people around me. And I remember thinking to myself, there's a better way, there's a better way, a better life out there. Mm. Oh my goodness. My goodness. Wow. <laughs> wow. I know. I'm like playing this back you know, earlier too, and other parts of talk, the the talk that we had several years ago now, I, you know, I, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. I'm like, don't cry, girl. You're going to be on camera. You're going to all puffy. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that you're like, you know, in that, in that moment, I don't know if I'm going to do it. And then here we are. Oh my God. I know. It's so crazy. Let us begin. I mean, this is so special. I'm just celebrating you. I mean, I've been celebrating you knowing, you know, that you did this and, 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 you know, every, every day up to this point. You've been celebrating me since the day I met. I literally. It's been like 10 years ago. So yeah. Well, you're the real thing, truly. And I will tell you, you know, yeah. Okay. You're my girl. I'm going to support you reading your book. It's like, there's already love for the book, but honestly, I love your book. And I think, you know, for me, especially you really hit my heart because there's so much commonality and connection. I mean, I don't come from West Bronx, but even though I did live in New York, um, in the city for several years of my life, yeah, yeah. but it's the ultimate story of the underdog, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's, I mean, that's been my story, you know, yeah. and, and I actually honor that. And I love that. So I really, I want to start with, well, we're already started. Um, I want to start first by just congratulating you. Thank you. And how does it feel? It's, it's surreal. It's, 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 um, I still can't believe it, you know, and, and, and I, when I was writing the book and now I've, I've, I've read the book just to like, kind of after I stopped writing for a while and yeah. was off to the publishers and printers, I decided to pick it up again. And I had a little bit more perspective and just reading it going, oh, wow. Wow. That's, that was me back then. And all the things that I've gone through and what was wonderful about writing the book and going back in time was that it showed me how far I had come because I can be really hard on myself <laughs> and always feeling like I, 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 it's almost like I have this psychological carrot on the end of a stick where I'm always chasing the carrot, trying to reach it, but I never get there because why I keep moving the stick. I keep getting it out of my reach um, and never kind of satisfy, you know, it's almost like a slave driver to myself. So I've been working really hard on that to love myself and to, and to be grateful when cool things that I've done happen like this book. And really the book, I I wrote it because I wanted to share those struggles. I wanted to share, you know, struggles that I've had in the past and I, and, and how I've overcome and where I've gotten to now. So that to hopefully inspire others to see that for themselves too. It's so, it's so real. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, one of the, my favorite parts about it is like, it's very palpable. First of all, the book is so um, easily digestible, yeah. which I think is really important. You know, it's it's something that anybody can read and just kind of go through pretty swiftly. But the substance is nutrient dense, yeah. right? So it doesn't need to be this whole big thing. It's like every every part of your journey that you extracted and pointed out in the book 
makes somebody think about their own life and their own journey. And again, in my life, like there were so many moments where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I feel you, girl. You know, one of the things that I think is so important to 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 bring out is that you 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 always well in your journey you decided that you're going to choose yourself before society or anybody else was choosing you and especially as an underdog like that's a real decision you have to make mm-hmm. because nobody's really choosing you as the underdog right no, right exactly yeah. and and I guess for me, I always saw, you know, I I would play things out and see how will they play out in my life. And if I don't do something about this, like the the feeling that I had in me to be an actor, to want to be an actor, even though I knew the strikes were against me, the odds were against me, the chances of me being a successful working actor were so slim. And then on top of that, add that I'm Latina, add that I'm brown, add that I'm from the Bronx, add that I grew up uh, in low economic uh, conditions, add that I didn't have the greatest education, like so many things that I thought were strikes against me. You know, I could have chosen to go, well, I can't because I'm Latina and I'm from the Bronx. And well, well, oh, well, what was me? I guess this existence that I'm living now is just going to be all that I can do. Or I can go, well, wait a minute. What if I chose differently? How would that play out? I don't know necessarily, but I know if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to keep getting the same things. Yeah. But if I dance a different dance step, well, let's see where that'll lead. And it's, always has led me to great things always despite the challenges despite my fears despite your fears in spite of my fears yeah Yeah. and those fears are gnarly right they just like (laughs) kick your ass every freaking day i'm like oh it's you again jesus i didn't get rid of you yet oh my god i'm watering here we go again all right listen what did i tell you I got this. Leave me alone. I'm trying to be successful here. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, it's so true. And it's so special. I think it's so important. You know, you're established. I mean, you have done so much already in your career. And you still, you know, where you are now to this day, you're someone who says, but I still have to fight the fear. I still have to beat the inner critic, the inner bullying. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an important statement because... I don't know. I mean, what do you think about it? Do you think it ever goes away? I don't think it ever goes away, unfortunately. I wish we could make it go away. Um, I think there's a part of us that wants to believe that we can make it go away. And that when we see other people who seem successful, especially if we see celebrities and we see these like A-list actors or these uber-rich people, and you think, oh, they must be so happy. Because it looks like a, a media campaign, you know? It looks like a magazine glossy ad and they they're always look so pretty and so nice and the perfect lighting and the beautiful house and the clothes and all this and it's all freaking bs first of all yeah and, and um second of all it's not true because those people are battling with fears insecurities and all kinds of stuff as well it's just they're really good at hiding it yeah <laughs> <laughs> and hiding it from themselves right is even worse that is even worse when you hide it from yourself like i really believe 
that it's important to own your shit. And that's one of my chap the chapters in my it's like you need to own your shit and you need to be responsible for you, for your own mental state, for the choices that you're making in your life, for your financial position, whatever is going on, even if people are doing things wrong to you, you have to take responsibility and decide what are you gonna do about it. Yeah. You just have to. Well, I think what's so cool is, you know, in your in your book, you know, you're sharing these stories. What I am receiving as I'm taking in the story is this kind of undertone of I'm watching your self-awareness super like expand, expand, yes. but but always intact. I want to actually talk about that first. Cause then there's the integrity piece that also mm-hmm. starts to really get louder. And then there's self-love. And this is like when you start you're fighting for yourself, like literally. Yes. <laughs> literally. Literally. Yes. But the self-awareness piece I think is an important place to start because truly I really believe that number one, it's 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 the it's the most important agent um for growth. Like yeah. it's it it's First of all, one of the, if not the uh, strongest attributes in emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Without self-awareness, where do you go? Like, who are you? What yeah. are you doing? So I feel like that was something that was really pronounced within you. I think it's since I was a little girl. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. No, like, I mean, sort of like I said in our last, on our first podcast, mm-hmm. um, was that there was a part of me that could just pull focus like a camera just pull back and reveal so like if these cameras right now that are recording us were to pull back they'd see more details they'd see the lights that are and they'd see the mics and they'd see more and so when I was little I had this I don't know why but I would just kind of pull out and just look at everything playing out and watch the adults in my life making these horrible choices and putting me in positions that were not safe um and I could always do that. And and so I think I lost myself a little in my teenage years because I wasn't aware of what I was doing. But then another part of me, that part of me that kind of has this awareness go, hello, what are we doing here? This isn't good. The one that there's this part of me that always looks out for me. Would you call that your highest self? or what? I, would, I would call that my soul, my spirit, my highest self, all of the above. It's the the wise one in me, the one that knows the answers and will never steer me wrong, will always take care of me. And it's sometimes it gets overruled by all these other little parts that have they're, they're trying their best to, to take care of you, but they really don't know what they're doing because I believe that they were formed when you were little at different ages. So they're, they're, they're these young little kids trying to run the ship. And then there's your wiser self who is the adult in the house. Yeah. 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 It makes me think of your pit bull moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause that was a very, it felt like a very pinnacle moment mm-hmm. where you, you were like, all right, I'm going to listen to you. Yes. Yourself. Cause the wrong that I'm feeling inside now yeah. by the choices that I am making mm-hmm. is, is just too much. Like it, it's like, you didn't feel like your yourself, which yes. makes sense. Right. So, yeah. So when I was in, in a teenager, um, you know, I had this boyfriend who just was abusive and I, I chose to be with him because I thought that that was normal. That's what, what I saw modeled to me when I was growing up. Um, but, 
there was a part of me that just started to feel this injustice about how I was being treated and how I saw my mother treated as I was growing up and how I've seen other women treated. And it just built and built and built over the time with my with my boyfriend at the time. And he had these pit bulls that you mentioned. And I there's a, an awesome chapter that I wrote talking about this story that really happened that I literally saved myself from from these pit, yeah. pit bulls. And that was my wiser self. That was the one that was looking out for me because I cannot say like if someone proposed this question, if there's a pit bull growling at you and has you cornered, what do you do? (laughs) I would never have figured out. I I don't know. Cry, scream for help. Like, I I don't know. And I instead saved saved myself. So, Which is incredible. I mean, I feel like you have... Maybe that was a very dramatic, mm-hmm. you know, real life, life threatening moment. But yeah. in a sense, your journey, I feel like you've been constantly saving yourself. Yeah, that's true. You know why? And this is a sad thing to say. I've had to because no one was there, yeah. including my parents. Yeah. Although they were there for me in some ways. And I, mm-hmm. you know, talk about that in the book. But in other ways, they weren't. I mean, they were just trying to survive, too, you know, and they're trying to pay the bills and work and growing up in adverse, raising me and my sister in adverse conditions. They, you know, were walking around in their lives very unaware of what they were doing. And thus it put me in a position that wasn't so great. And so I, out of necessity, had to learn how to figure things out and take care of myself to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a gift. And I think it's, you're right. You know, I mean, I, I do believe that, um, you know, everyone's doing the best that they know how to do in, in that particular moment of their life. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I mean, that's the whole premise of your book is, you know, our otherness. So what makes us different and essentially kind of, you know, in, in the, the concept of otherness is the difference is, you know, you're almost like the outcast or the underdog. Yeah. You're less than. Yes, you're the. It's like you're not part of the mainstream. Right. Um. So you know, it could be anywhere. It could be someone who is from another country, someone who has an accent, someone who's in a lower economic um status. Even if even if they are quote unquote white, you know, like yeah. like you know, just someone who's deaf maybe or someone you know like whatever the. That that makes a person feel like they're on the outside looking in. That makes you the other. That's how I define it. So I love not it. part of the mainstream. And that is, that's your strength. I mm-hmm. mean, that what you're pointing out. And I do, I do believe that. And I do feel that, you know, I know my own journey, like statistically, mm-hmm. I should fail, you know, mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. off of, you know, the childhood situation. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I, so, so. How I see otherness strengthens us if we allow it to, is it throws uh, hurdles in our way. It throws resistance in our way, and it and 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 they're very challenging. Um, and you know, for example, I grew up around substance abuse and violence, and those were very challenging times. And I could have turned to substance abuse and violence and been that person, but I didn't. And it was 
just those challenges, what I thought were strikes against me, what I, when I said, like before, I'm Latina, brown from the Bronx, I might as well give up. No, I'm, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to push through just like at the gym. You're pushing that heavy weight. I'm going to push through and you're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger in spite of all these things that are, are holding you back. And the more you do that, the stronger you get and you get somewhere and you can achieve your dreams. And that's what what my message is. Yeah. And <sighs> it's such an important message, I think, especially, you know, um, in your in your journey in the younger years, I mean, we're in such a different time now where, you know, you didn't have the role models, mm-hmm. like, like you said, like you're a Latina from you know the Bronx, like you weren't seeing anybody who looked like you or like out there doing kind of the bigger things. And yeah. now, you know, we're, we're in a different position. I mean, you are a representation of what is possible. Yes. <laughs> and I think that that's actually, that's really special, Andrew, because you, because there's so many people out there who, you know, are holding this idea about themselves mm-hmm. against themselves. Like it's just yes. not possible. For yeah. Me. I can't because, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, and my thing is, oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, hell no. And then sometimes I still believe it. I fall into believing that voice for a while. Yeah. And I get mad. Well, see, that's, you know, there, here's another through line about you, which I love and I resonate with. But girl, you are a fighter. I am a fighter. You are a fighter. Yeah. And, you know, the introvert... You know, who's yeah. been bullied. Like, yes. I see you in the locker room right now. Yes. I'm not going to give the stories away. Yes. Yes. But it's, you have been fighting mm-hmm. for yourself your right. entire life. I have been fighting for myself my entire life. And I I like to share my stories with people so that they can be inspired to fight for themselves, too. Because what's the alternative? Right. I, 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 I think there's no other way. I think it's really important to show up for yourself in, in so many ways with food, health, exploring your mind. Therapy is like one of my most favorite things in the world. I'm so grateful for my therapist. Yeah. Um, I've been working on myself for a really long time. Like, for example, I yeah. want to share this. It's not in the book. Um, so when I graduated college, oh, well, actually, while I was in college, I was in a relationship with a guy. And... Um, nice guy and all that. But at some point, I kept doing things to sort of sabotage the relationship and we'd get into these fights. And he finally goes, you know what, Andrea, you need to go to therapy. Uh, You know, I I, I can't keep doing this with you. And I went, you know what? You're right. I'm going to go to therapy. (laughs) So I started seeing a counselor in college. And she turned out to be awesome. And I explored for the first time with a professional the sexual abuse that I experienced when I was six years old. And it was so wonderful for me. And it really started to change my life. So I did that for two years in college. And then I was going to leave. And then she goes, um, uh, you know, I, I, no, I said to her, I said, I still need help. And I'm not going to be able to see you anymore. Can you recommend someone? So she does. And she says, I can... I have two people that I can recommend highly. One is a male, one is a female. Which do you prefer? And I said, oh, definitely the female. So I figured I'd be safer. And she goes, okay, well, your issues are with a Latino male. I really think you should go with the male. He's, he's Latino. Mm. Um, and, I, and, and I go, why? And then she goes, because with a female, you'll feel safe. Mm. 
and with him you won't and that's good because you won't be able to get away from it mm. you're gonna have to deal with it head on and I trusted her and I said okay and so I saw Dr. Mijan I love this man so much I saw Dr. Mijan for six years I had no health insurance and I said to him, I, I don't know if I can afford. I was living on my own, my own apartment. I was working part-time and I was pursuing my acting career. And But he saw my dedication to the work on myself. And he said, I'm going to give you a discounted rate. So he gave me basically 50% off. And then, he's, and then there were times when I couldn't pay. And he goes, that's okay. You'll pay me eventually. And I go, oh my God, thank you. So over the six years, there were times when I couldn't pay him. Four months would go by and I felt so guilty. And he goes, you'll pay me. And then I would hit an acting job or a modeling job. And I'd, as soon as I get the check, I'm writing him a check and I'm like fully paid off. And so that was an investment in myself. Yeah. And I, I, I'm so grateful that I did that because I don't think that my life would be as good as it is now, had I not done the work on me, on my mental state, on my emotional state, on my childhood trauma, mm-hmm. I think that all of that trauma would have been ruling me. And I don't think I would have been as good of a mom as I am. I'm not mm-hmm. a perfect mom. And I feel very guilty sometimes about things that I did do or didn't do and all these things. But when I really think about it, I got to give it to myself. And I say, you know what? I am a good mom. My kids are really, really lucky to have me. But it's because I did the work on myself and I continue to do the work on myself. Yeah. Still in therapy, different therapist. And she's badass rebel therapist. I freaking love her. So grateful. Well, you, I mean, you're, I think you're always doing all kinds of work on yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, part of our connection, you know, energetically, there's that initial or immediate resonance, Mm -hmm. but we clicked on so many levels of just interest and all the interests are, are, are self-development interests, you know, or taking care of your health and, and all of that. And I, it's this whole holistic way of, of going about yourself and your lifestyle. And I think that's so important, especially when just period really, but especially when, you know, you do maybe have a harder journey like maybe as the underdog or you know being the other you know yeah. you, you the more that you're doing these um investments of self you know health mental health mm-hmm. ever, ever all kinds of health like yeah. anything that's going to help you to get into a healthier relationship with yourself yeah so that you can pursue your life from a more empowered you know, energy and state, I think it's, it's, it's so important. It's essential. It's essential. And again, uh, what's the alternative? (laughs) I love that bottom line. Like what's the alternative? Yeah. It's not going to be, it's not going to be as good. Yeah. It will not be as good if you don't take care of yourself. It just won't. Well, see, let's talk about that. When I, when I hear you say that, I hear you saying, I'm just not going to settle. I'm not, yeah, <laughs> her eyebrows are like, oh, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> no. Where do you think that came from? Because this is important. Question. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a tough question. <laughs> well, especially if you you don't have anybody showing you differently. Mm-hmm. Who? Why are you going to believe? Like, what is that even about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I guess watching TV <laughs> when I was a kid and watching these people live these incredible lives, it was like, why not me? Why can't I? I want that too. It's not fair. Right. You know? 
And then I grew up and realized that everybody, even people on TV, are just as messed up. <laughs> but <laughs> that was later. But that initially, was later, but initially, the the driving force was no. I deserve it too. I have value too. I have something to say. I want to show up and stake my claim as well. Yeah. In spite of all my insecurities, I always feel so. I struggle with with saying these words. I'm going to be straight up honest. I struggle yeah, yeah. with saying these words that. I'm gonna, I owned it and I did this and I did that because to this day, I st- I'm still insecure and I want to share that because I feel like sometimes people watch podcasts or interviews or whatever and they and people seem like these they have it so together and they're like they figured out the the answers to life yeah and then you just got to do it this way and do it that way and 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 I'm not doing that I'm saying I have some ideas they seem to have worked for me yeah I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. And I want people to know that it's okay. Yeah. That I don't have it figured out and I'm still trying and they don't have it figured out and that's okay. And they can continue to try and get ahead and figure themselves out. And, and it's, it's okay. Like I want to let people off the hook mm. from looking at people who seemingly have it all together. Yeah. Don't believe it. They don't have it all together. They might have figured some things out. Yeah. And you can maybe get some golden nuggets of wisdom from them Mm -hmm. and use it and apply it to your life the best way that you can. And then go to someone else and see what else you can learn from other people. And then maybe you can also share wisdom so other people can learn. Yeah. You know, I. It's so powerful. And I don't think you'd even have the wisdom. You have such rich wisdom. You wouldn't have that if you weren't betting on yourself. If you weren't willing to get messy, to take the fucking punches and to get back up and to keep going forward. And the wisdom is, I mean, it's everything. I mean, think about, you know, I mean, just what it offers you just Mm -hmm. for yourself, but now how it impacts your children, how it impacts, you know, your community and every, everyone that you get to come across all, all of, you know, everyone who's looking up to you because there's so many people who do look up to you and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. But I love that you share that because I think more now than ever, when we have social media now and now everything's like visible and certainly polished and done. And it's like, you know, to share that message, I think is so perfectly timed and important because it gives people permission to be who the fuck they are and, and, and go for it. And what I love too, is that like, look, maybe not everyone's going to see all of your messy moments and your, Mm -hmm quote-unquote failure if there is even because i think they're more lessons that set you up to the wins maybe they're seeing the highlight wheel the the highlight reel and Mm -hmm. the wins which i do think is important too yeah right yeah but you weaving in the hey but don't get it twisted Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. because i I was just blowing my eyes out before this interview i'm I'm just kidding i'm kidding yeah but no it's true like i i (laughs) i have to tell another story please so um, you know, I was on Jane the Virgin and um, Jane the Virgin finished and a friend of mine wrote this screen, uh, this pilot, this TV pilot called The System. And she wrote it with me in mind. And it was such a good script and I didn't know what to do with it. I, I, I didn't feel secure in my own like intelligence or my own fortitude or anything to be able to to see it through or to see something to happen with it. And so um, I... I 
put it on the back burner and I just kind of sat on it like in, in insecurity. And then some months go by and then I finally shared it with my manager. He read it and he said it, he thought it need, needed re- rewrites. So then I go, oh, okay. And then it stumped me when he says, oh, it needs rewrites. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to do now. I want to be that person that produces. I want to be that person that directs. Like I want to be that person. And, you know, and, and I'm like, but I don't know what to do. And I just feel insecure about myself. So I put it on the back burner. My personal life took over. Some significant changes happened in my life that were very hard. And um, then comes around uh, six months later, and my friend is talking with someone who has a deal with NBC. And I'm like, damn, damn, like I'm going to miss this opportunity. I could have made this show in some way, but I don't know what to do with it. And I said, I was talking with my guy, Bob, and he goes, you got it. You can do it. You can do it. And he was encouraging me. So I said, finally sent it to Norm, my manager. I said, read it again. I really think it has something. And he, he reads it again. He goes, Andrea, still need rewrites. And I go, no, no, it doesn't. Well, yes, maybe it does need rewrites, but I think it's good enough as it is to, to present and to pitch in this state. If anything, someone else is going to, um, you know, want to, any, whoever comes on board is going to want to have a creative say anyway. So why have, show them a polished script? I think it has perfect potential right now. And he goes, okay. And I went, oh, okay. And so then, but this is the, I'm trying to, I'm telling the long version of this story. So I wanted to pitch it to Jenny Ehrman, who's the creator of Jane the Virgin. Okay. And I was so nervous to do it. I literally had a panic attack and cried with my in my boyfriend's arms for 20 minutes before I got on the phone and called her. So this is what I'm saying. It's like doing it in spite, right? I had them meetings, even just writing the email. You know, you know, I would love for you to read this. You know, like (laughs) it's just like so hard for me to do. So then, um. You can do it. Like you got this. Crying, crying, crying. Okay, it's time. I gotta get on the phone with her. I finally call her and I'm like, "Hi, Jenna Meadow. Hi, Jenny." You know, and then I I tell her the very awkwardly the story of this pilot, and she goes, "Okay, send me the script." And I went, "All right, thank you so much, Jenny." <laughs> Hang up. Two weeks later, I'm like, should I call? Da, 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 da. Anyway, long story short, she tells me she loves it. She shared it with CBS Studios. They loved it. And next thing you know, we're, you know, getting this deal with CBS. And we are pitching it to the network. And it gets bought. And Elaine gets hired to write the script. Blah, blah, blah. <sighs> well, I'm telling this whole story to really just highlight the part that I was freaking out and crying. It was messy. It was ugly. There was no confidence. It didn't look good. Oh yeah, I'm going to go pitch this story. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be a producer. No. Oh my God, I'm so scared. Like all these things. But nonetheless, I went ahead and I did it. And I was so scared. And there was some, there was a good amount of success. It got, um, it didn't got, didn't get picked up for pilot in that pilot season. It was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. But to even just get that far and to yeah. get these like deals with CBS, and it was just like so cool. I didn't think I would ever get that far because I didn't feel confident in myself. Yeah. But 
I won. Yeah, I did. won that day in those days where mm-hmm. I said each time I kept showing up, I, you know, hi, Jenny, did you get the script? Did it, you know, just putting myself out there, crying and then getting my shit together. <laughs> yeah, girl. You know, and so I share that story to say, so you know, good. so many people out there might be scared to do something. Um, they might have a goal or dream in mind and they might be scared, but they could do it. Yes. And they don't have to do it so beautifully and so, like, polished. No. It can be so fucking messy all the way through. Right. You're throwing shit. Right. And what's so cool about that, too, is that you were already... We're, you're already well established. Yes, you would that think that a, I would be so like right, right like I've oh, got this. Yeah, oh, sh- but, yeah. no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, and that's that's even more important because you know it's like look, we're always leveling, or we want to be mm-hmm. leveling up in life, yes, and every exactly. new level is going to demand a new stretch from you, a right. new you know sense of courage and you know fortitude yeah. so it's it's you know you're stepping into the unknown and that's always scary yeah right it is and you know i i would love for people to buy this book because i tell other stories just like that and i i do think that they are helpful i there's a story and there, uh-huh. there's so many stories <laughs> like the jordash story like there's but to connect to what you were just saying yeah. though the part where you where you land the first um, the soap opera, mm. but it wasn't the role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how you changed the role. I changed it. Yeah, that. So you're telling me this story right now, and I'm like, but there she goes again. Like when you you're telling Norm, no, it's yeah. okay. Like this, to, yeah. I drew that connection to that story mm-hmm. where again, this is a fighter in you, and. You do it in such um it's just so impressive because I it's you where where many people would a either not go forward or submit to the non like you're you listen to your authentic self. This is where I'm trying to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like even in in the story in the book, you know, where you're like, Well, okay, great, I'm gonna take this role, but I'm gonna do it a little different. Mm-hmm. And then it ends up being even better and they appreciate right. it even more. And then you telling your manager, like going back to this story, right, what you just said, you know, you could have submitted or you could have played the part in either or, yeah. but that part wasn't what your authentic self was saying to do. And that's so important. Authenticity, first of all, is something that I have loved. Like, it's just palpable. Like, you're the real, real thing. (laughs) But I really, I'd love for you, and I know I jumped in and I interrupted you, sorry, but I was so excited. Um, I'd love for you to speak about the importance of listening to your authentic self. Sure. Because I feel like you've been doing that and you continue to do that. Yes. Yeah, it's um as I'm not so conscious of it when I'm doing it. It's just I think ultimately there's a part of me, the wiser part of me who uh wants to take care of me. And I think everybody has it. It's just you have to cultivate that voice. You have to allow it to come through. I I love to journal. That's one of the ways that I do it. But ultimately I I want what's best for me. Like yeah. I I want to be successful. I want to get ahead. I want to achieve and not to achieve to achieve, but to to win, to get for me and to get for my family. Um like you know, booking Jane the Virgin was a huge win for me and it changed my life in such a wonderful way. Um and that was me fighting for me. That was me stepping up to the plate and saying, "No, 
I don't see a lot of me on TV and film, but I'm going to step up to this plate and I'm going to swing and let's see what happens. And I tell that story too. That's a great story. I think people, who, whoever are Jane the Virgin fans will love hearing the story about how I landed Jane the Virgin. Yeah. So it's, it's a very good story. Quick interruption for all my queens listening in here. I'm so happy you're here and I hope that you are loving this episode. I'm going to get right back into it, but I had to let you know that I am opening doors on my Future Self Digital course very, very soon. And I want you in that course. Listen, your self-identity is shaping your reality and that is not just a concept. This is an actual truth. And that's why I'm so excited to share this course with you because it is absolutely transformational to your whole life. It's not just some course that you're going to take and then you're going to shelf and you're going to forget about it. No, it has a proven and effective transformative blueprint that as you start to take it, you immediately start to activate parts of your inner world that then start to affect your outer world. It's truly the path for you to become a self actualized woman, you know, where you are thriving from your fullest potential, your highest self, you know, your future self plays a massive role to who your current self is because she is the highest expression of you. And she's anchoring you on this path as you move through your life, right? She's like your queen mentor. So this course is really meaningful to me because I know it has been the biggest game changer in my own life and it has already served so many of the women that have taken this course. So in the show notes, there is a wait list link that you can get on right now that will give you some special bonuses, including money off. So definitely check it out and back to the episode. It's such a good story. And I think, you know, you, when you say I'm not really aware of it, just the authentic self I, yeah. I teasing that out a little bit more i think in the end what i love so much is that you stay loyal to this voice your soul your spirit your heart your authentic self i mean it's all i kind of call it one thing your highest self and would you say that that actually like if you can kind of look back now would you say that that's actually really helped you to cultivate true self-confidence yeah for sure for sure. I mean, each time I, I've stepped up to the plate and, in, you know, and took care of myself in spite of my fears, I am like, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, here I am. <laughs> I actually won. Yeah. Isn't this awesome? Then I have amnesia. <laughs> my, 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 my guy will tell me. That's, you just did this incredible thing. What's going on over here? And I'm like, no, I know. <laughs> it is so, I, like, I get that because even just listening to our first talk, it's like there's so many incredible like, wins and stretches right, yeah. and like these big stories and pinnacle moments. But every time it's as if he forgot that. <laughs> yeah, and this is why I'm going to tell you why. And this is why therapy is so valuable. Mm -hmm is because of the programming that we all get. So the yes. programming that I got when I was a kid, and it wasn't just watching TV and film. Right. The programming that I got was that my voice is not valuable. Um, I am not valuable. I, 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 I will not be protected yeah. in some ways. I wasn't protected in other ways. Um, and, you know, just... I guess it was more like no voice. I didn't have a right to speak up for myself. And I wasn't 
uh, valuable enough to to protect. And then the other thing was that I wasn't smart. Mm -hmm. I wasn't intelligent. These are the messages that I got growing up in, in my my yeah. childhood, different experiences, family, whatnot, situations. And that's still running in the background. Yeah. I, I don't think it will ever stop. And it's terrible, but at least I know it's there. Yes. Because like so many people will go through their life, you know, not knowing why they feel stupid or anything. They have no idea what is running this ship. And the more aware you become, the better you can handle it and the better your life will, will be. Like you'll be able to do things that you, it's like removing hurdles, right? You remove hurdles. Sometimes the hurdles pop back up. I know yeah, I keep doing yeah, this, yeah. but it's true. I just have to run that home is that it's not, there's no panacea. Right. There's no no answer that is going to solve all of your problems. It's always, that's life. You're right. just going to have to keep dealing with the challenges. Yeah. And therapy is one of the best things to do, though. Mm -hmm. And I, I truly believe that my life is, is so beautiful the way it is and all the beautiful people I have in my life is because of the work that I've done on myself. Yeah, well, you, I, I think it's, I, I totally see the value in that because I think, it, first of all, this is a very real thing that we are subconscious, we get programs. Like we come out of the womb and we're kind of empty, right? I mean, we, we have a soul, so we're not fully empty, but, yeah. you know, neuroplasticity is baby, like we're just a sponge, we're picking up and we're picking up and we're picking up. And what's crazy is that there's these scripts that, like you just said, like, People are not even awake to knowing that those scripts are actually shaping your reality because they're informing you yeah. about who you are. Yeah. Right. Even though it's not the truth. It's just kind of what's been installed. Right. And yeah. these are the voices. These are not your voices. These are the voices of people who said that to you in one way or another, either through right. action or through deed. Well, yeah. that's the same thing. Action and deed. They're the same thing. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Through action and word. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They have that. That. So those are really the voices. It's not you. Right. I think it's you telling yourself it's, it's those voices. So therapy and then journaling, which I do want to talk about because you know that's so close to my heart. And I'm always yeah. talking about the power of journaling. And I love that you journal and it's so dear to you and that it's been so supportive to you. So these, you know, modalities of, of self-work have been would you say some of the most supportive to help you yes. wake up to those programs and well, other things? Yeah. So I'll, I'll touch on this subject lightly because mm -hmm. uh, I'm conscious of people in my life, but yeah. um, in, in my marriage, there were uh, certain things that were happening, um, cyclical kind of things that I was unaware of uh, that were not healthy. And because I journaled, over the years, on and off, I, I and I wasn't like a diehard every single day, you know, um, I wasn't that disciplined. But there were times when whenever I was really, really struggling, I would sit down and journal because I needed to get it out. I needed to, I could, like, didn't want to hold it in. And so uh, several years into my marriage, I'm like, I felt like I was having deja vu in a sense or a groundhog day. And I'm like, wait, how am I here? How are we here again? How am I here again? I had to go back and I look at my my journals over the years and I'm like, oh my God, that's the same thing. And, I, and then I'm in the same place. And then I'm in the same place. And then I'm in the same place. And I go, 10 years have gone by and I haven't, I haven't solved this problem. Like I'm still here. Yeah. And that was so, so helpful for me to, I ultimately decided to, to get a divorce, uh, which I won't go into too much, but I ultimately decided to get a divorce 
So that was useful in that way to help me become aware of my own behavior, my own patterns, right? But then on top of that, I decided to go on a five-day silent retreat to Kripalu, this like spiritual place up in the Berkshire Mountains in in Massachusetts. And I took a course called um, proprioceptive journaling or proprioceptive writing and a yoga course over the five days. And in that, I learned these tools on a, a sort of a certain approach to journaling, not just like a free write. It was like a combination of free write with a whole bunch of other things. And I used that to help me get through the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life, which was getting a divorce. It was the most painful, painful thing that I have ever done. It felt like I had been a a drug addict and I was, you know, weaning off. I had this psychological and emotional pain. And so what I did was every day I leaned on that goddamn journal and that, that way of journaling. I was just like writing it out and going through the steps and it was so helpful so cathartic for me that I may write a book uh, based on that experience and include my journaling because I feel like if people see how I was thinking and what I was writing and how I was finding insight into my own mind through my own writing my I was talking to myself I was almost being my own therapist yes through this journaling it was so powerful and it really helped me to get through the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life, which was getting a divorce. Oh, that's so powerful. And yeah. I, I love, yeah, you just continue. I love how you, you just continue to be there for yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're conscious of it or was conscious of that's exactly what you're doing in those moments, but yeah. truly like you just keep showing up for yourself. You keep fighting for yourself. And that really leads me to want to ask you about self-love. Like what what would Andrea say about self-love? Just have, you know, go. <laughs> self-love. Yeah. Gosh. Well, I'm still working on that. Yeah. Uh, I catch myself. You know, I will be I beat myself up mm-hmm. uh, um, on things when I feel like if something went wrong, I a lot of times blame myself. But what self-love looks like for me is and I hate to I hate to beat this. No, you know, go girl. But is therapy. Yeah. Self-love for me is going to the gym. Yeah. Self-love for me is eating well. Mm-hmm. Self-love for me is journaling. Self-love is allowing a good man into my sphere. Mm-hmm. A man who treats me really, really well and loves on me like nobody's business. Like I, I've never been loved in my life. Okay. Self-love is is doing the scary things that I know I, you know, will help me ultimately in the end. Yeah. And, and self-love is, is just catching myself when I'm beating myself up mm-hmm. and then reaching for help. Yeah. So recently I was having a lot of insecurity around the marketing of this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like, it's like this. Book I think is, it's a common thing, by the way, yeah. just so you know. Yeah. Right? But oh, that's like really? A, oh, yeah. yeah. I know. I've heard. I, I talked oh, to Lisa. She told yeah, me about it. Like, but I was dealing with insecurity around the book and I was had a freak out last week about it. And what did I do? I was in my car and I was like, like I'm like, okay. I'm going to reach out to Karen, who's my therapist. And um, I'm like, Karen, do you have any sessions available today? <laughs> or tomorrow, but preferably today. And um, and then the next thing was, I was getting very overwhelmed by the, there's so much that I have to yeah. do to push this book. So sure, buy, sure. buy the book, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, buy the book. Buy the book. Um, 
so there was so much I was getting very, very overwhelmed. And then I have children, so I'm still taking care of them. And like, there's just so much going on that I got so overwhelmed. So I reached out to Karen, my therapist. And then I reached out to a friend who's helped me in the past, like with certain things. And I get, can you please help me assist me with a whole bunch of stuff that I cannot get to right now, but is drowning me. And so what I did in that moment, that was self-love. Yes. I reached out for help. (laughs) Not easy to do. No, not easy to do. Yeah. I'm all speaking to myself. Not easy to do. No, it's not. No, No, it is not easy to do. Because, you know, we are, I I always feel like, oh, I have to do everything. I have to market this book, even though I have a publishing company with a publicist in it. And I have my own management team. And I'm no, I have to do, I have to, you know. (laughs) And I was like, no, Andrew, you have a freaking team. You got to lean on your team and push them and light a little fire under their asses sometimes. (laughs) Your eyes. Oh, my God. (laughs) The look in your eyes, I fucking... You went Bronx. I went Bronx. I was so Bronx. And that's why the title of this, Wisdom from the Boogie Down Bronx. Okay. Because growing up in the Bronx was challenging. You know, it was... And I was a softie when I was growing up. I was not a fighter. I had to learn how to be a fighter. And so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that adversity because it made me strong. It made me tenacious, hungry, motivated, and and able to stick into hard things for the long haul, including a career such as acting, which is such a challenging career. You know, you're one day you're hot, one day you're not. Mm -hmm. You're working, you're not working. You don't know when your money's coming in. All of a sudden it's all great and then you can't handle anything. And it's just like... (laughs) It's a lot. And so growing up in the Bronx and all of the challenges of my otherness helped me yeah. to get be strong. And I'm proud of that. I'm I'm proud of it too. And yeah. you do such an incredible job in the book of, you know, I feel your delicate voice and nature mm-hmm. through your journey. But then the fire he was like getting in there and getting in yeah. there and then the like and then you literally like you, you had to go Bronx like I mean several times throughout the book but that just got louder and louder well and this is something that I love about you too you that's dialed in that's who you are yeah and when you got to pull that switch like yeah. it is ready to go yes it is but you are so I'm like honestly the, and and you know my audience knows like there's no bullshit over here but you were the 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 beautiful, soft, just very feminine and just I don't want to use the word delicate, but I'm using it in the sense of like, sure. yeah, it's just like a rose. Like this is really who you are mm. at the same time of being a fierce, got the Bronx winded up, ready to fucking go away yeah. <laughs> moment, you know, fighter. And I think that's really beautiful and special too, because what you don't you as in anybody what you don't want is that you're for the hard to make you so hard that you close and you get rigid that's not you right look at you you're just so open and vulnerable and tender and compassionate and that's powerful to me yes i i agree with that yeah i agree with that i just i don't know what it is about me but I, i just like to connect with people anyone yeah you know who i who comes across my sphere i i when i see people not treating other people well it gets me i could i don't like doing that i don't yeah. believe that that's possible i think you can still draw boundaries mm-hmm. um without having to be a bi yeah you know whatever yeah. um 
But sometimes you have to be. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. It's such a great tool to whip out because people don't expect it of you. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh. Well, your mother. (laughs) Yes, my mother. Fucking your mom and my mom. I swear to God, they'd be friends. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Can I tell you a funny story? Yeah. In the eighth grade, um, my school, they wanted to, well, so what they did, (laughs) they, they said, well, they wanted to hold me back, and not because I'm not. I mean, you know, I'm a geek. Everybody who knows me knows I'm a geek. It's not right. the it's learning; not. it's just the way school is set up. Anyways, yeah. um, and my mom was like, "Well, hell no." Um, I hope I'm remembering this part of the story right. What I do remember for sure is that they didn't want me to walk in graduation. So, I think the deal, if I'm remembering, it was a long time ago. People, 45 <laughs> now, but um, I I wasn't going to be held back. I was going to go through, and I did. Um, but I couldn't walk. Hmm. But my mom was like, you know what? We're going to get you ready. She did my hair. You know, hairstylist, like makeup, got the dress, like, fine. You're not going to be able to walk, but you're not going to miss out on, you know, the kind of big moment. And it's like your mom, you know, my mom just showing up for me yeah. and validating me. And there's so many moments that I love in, in your, in your book, like the Jordash, like that yeah. really got me. Right, did it? <laughs> it did. Because again, it's like, I think because I feel so much of the, yeah. in my own life, you know, yeah. it's like, damn, mom came through. And I know the value of those Jordash jeans. Like I, re- I remember, you yeah. know, yeah. but there is another, um, you know, part, especially when, you know, y- y- your mom is like, look, like there's going to be moments where, you no, know, you got to fight back. Like legit yes. fight back, like l- literally, yes. <laughs> like, literally, and I, and it's come in handy. I got to tell you, yeah. I mean, I don't like to f- fight, no, it's argue, not about violence. and I don't like to physically fight either. Um, but there's a part of me that has no problem doing what I got to do if yeah. I'm put in a situation. Boundaries. Hells no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now you have kids, and that's an important statement to carry Mm -hmm. on to them as well. Yeah. And the thing is, and and you know this from doing jujitsu, but it's interesting. You know, those who really have strong boundaries built within them and know that at any moment, if need be, they will enforce the boundary. Yeah. I feel like these, you know, individuals like yourself, like this, this is... You're the most calm and tranquil and mm-hmm. and peaceful mm-hmm. because you know you got it inside. Yeah. So you don't have to walk around and like huff and puff and yeah, prove yeah. or like on a show. It's not no. necessary. Yeah. No. It's not yeah. necessary. But boundaries, I think, is such a statement of self-love. Mm-hmm. Is absolutely. Absolutely. Wanna ask you, now that the book has been written and you know, you've gone through the book, is there anything that you would put in the you would add to the book not that there needs to be but just yeah. in kind of reflection mode like or any story um hmm well there was another story with my boyfriend marco that i uh around the pitbull story but uh, there was another story in there and i i didn't put it in because it was it was like pick one or the other yeah um that i literally got into a physical fight with him because uh, he was sicking my his dog on me, mm-hmm. the pit bull. Yeah. This is another pit bull story. Yeah, and um, I, I I was like, oh, you're so tough. You're such. I had to convince him to get the dog away from me because I was scared of that dog. And I'm like, oh, you're so tough. You you 
you got to put your woman in her place with your dog. I was only 16, granted. That's amazing. 16 years old. That's a that's a powerful instinct. Right? Like, yeah. And so then he goes, I'll put the dog away. And I'm like, yeah, you put the dog away. <laughs> so then he puts the dog away. And I'm like, oh, fuck, he put the dog away. <laughs> now what am I going to do? <laughs> and he comes up to me and he starts poking me in my head. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? And I was sitting on the sofa and he was standing in front of me. And something in me just took over and I just went, <gasps> I attacked him and we got into a fight. We were like, it was like a cartoon with the feet and the smoke <laughs> and the, everything was happening. We we're a ball on the floor and um, he had to stop me. Like I was so angry. Like it, it wasn't just the angry with him. It was plenty, but all the stuff I had seen in my childhood just came out in that moment and he had to pull a knife on me to stop me. Yeah. Um, so it was that moment and the pit bull moment that, that yeah. uh, made me go, Andrea, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, is this how you want to live the rest of your life? Mm. And so after that, I, you know, and I talk about it in the book, but I, I left and, and all that. And um, I changed my life around. And I've never attracted a man like that ever again. Yeah. Um, and in fact, when I when I was in college, I had a boyfriend and I, we, we dated for a year and then I broke up with him. And uh, I he's it was pretty quick soon that that I we had just broken up mm -hmm. and he saw me talking to another guy and he got really jealous. And he came up to me after the guy left and he and he sort of cornered me. He was like, why are you talking to him? Like, And I'm like, what do you mean? Why am I talking to him? And he goes. Yeah, like, you know, and I'm like, I'm not your girlfriend. I don't need to answer to you. <laughs> and he goes, and I said, listen, you need to get away from me. And and I tried to walk away. He kept getting in front of me and getting in front of me. And I said, you know what? If you don't move, I'm going to punch you. I'm yeah. going to punch you in your fucking face. I love it. I said, you better move. I'm, I'm warning you now. And he wouldn't move. And I went, bam. Good Pushed for him, you. Right? Bleeding. He was like, <gasps> and I'm like, I told you I was going to hit you. God damn it. <laughs> You should listen to me when I say these things. <laughs> so it's another story. I didn't need to go into all this fighting because I my life is not like that. No, all, no, you know? I know. Don't. Yes. Yeah. No, no. That was I, then. This is now. I don't well, do that anymore. No, it's. Well, come on. Like you're yeah. in the. Like there's a reality to an yeah. environment and a situation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make you who you are in that sense yeah. of like, oh, now you're some. But here's here's. The most important piece that I take away from it, mm -hmm. you have to feel worthy to fight for yourself. Yes. And that there's a crisis mm -hmm. in worthiness. Yeah, it's so true. I want, can you talk about worthy? Because I mean, I, I feel like that's, you know, uh, built into the premise of your book. It's yes. like, you're just saying the whole time, even if you're not conscious of it, like I'm worthy of this next battle, this next battle. Well, yeah, there is a, uh, there is a t an intention in the book mm -hmm. uh, with, through my stories to show, to, to demonstrate how one can choose themselves yeah and, and and how one can value themselves and and find their worth yeah you know and and maybe they don't feel worthy at a certain point but then they can find that worth yeah um everyone inherently is worthy of all good things every human being on this earth even people who aren't doing bad things yeah they are worthy of good things in their life they're worthy of love they're worthy of being seen and heard yes. all of that um and so it's up to us to be responsible for our own 
programming, the program that's happened to us, and to to change it and to and to go forward in spite of all of that, and to to make our lives better, yeah, to find our own worth because we can't loving yourself is an inside job. Mm-hmm. You you can't be waiting for someone else to come and approve you or validate you. And this is another thing that I do mention in the book, and I really want to share, mm-hmm. is that I thought being a successful actress or being on TV would make me feel good about myself. That would make me love myself. That if if I if if people picked me to be on their TV show, and then I'm like famous and I'm a celebrity and all this other and all these fans and whatnot. That then I would finally, finally feel good about myself. And that is just not the case. And it's a great lesson to learn because uh, I'm responsible. And so then I'm not sitting there like a victim just waiting for somebody to love me and waiting to be taken care of and waiting. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take care of myself. And then what ends up happening, you attract people who want to do the same to you. They want to love on you. They want to listen to you. They want to see you. They want to support you like you supporting me with my book. You know, easy. Yeah. So there is an intention. And I think the readers will get a lot out of the stories and they'll see themselves and they'll see their own potential and hopefully be inspired. I love how you say hopefully. I'm validating you tremendously because mm-hmm. I know, I know this book will, you, if you don't feel some kind of fire in your heart through your stories, then I don't know. <laughs> I think you're asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's so, it's, it's just, I feel the truth in every part of your book and every part of the stories that you share and, you know, and it's also very funny and I love that about you. You're so funny. And I think the humor is also great too, because again, it like keeps this lightheartedness, even when you're like in the trenches, like dealing with, you know, the punches of life, you know, but I do think that, you know, it's such an important, it's a beautiful book. I mean, I, I just, I love you. I love everything that you are and that you represent. I think it's so important, your voice, because there are so many people who hold themselves back in life yes. who feel like it's not possible for them. They're not worthy. They're not good enough. And you're like, hey, throughout my whole journey, even to this day, I still have to battle the programming and the scripts, but I'm battling it and I continue to pursue. Right. And it's been working out. It's been working out. It's been working out, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm so excited and proud of you. And I want to ask you, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So in our first podcast, which was years ago, um, you know, you, you, you mentioned writing the book one day and I feel like when we talk, we're casting spells. I always say like words cast spells. Manifesting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm like, what 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 are we stirring in the pot here? Cause like what's coming next? Cause we yeah. I know if you if you declare it here, yes, it's, it's happening. To, it's going to happen. Exactly. Well, uh there's a movie idea that I have. Um, and it, it involves a, a Latina brown girl from the inner city and a horse. Okay. And I, so I grew up uh, in, you know, in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with horses. Yeah. When I got to college, I ended up joining the equestrian team with no experience. <laughs> of course you did. 
And, and they knew. They were like, we'll teach you. And I'm like, okay. And then I started working with horses. I, I had to, I literally had a part-time job. It was one of my most favorite jobs. I got paid $5 an hour to take care of 25 school horses. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I used to, I learned how to tackle and rein them and and clean out their hooves and feed them and That's wash amazing. them. It was a great job. But then on top of that, um, I was learning how to ride equestrian horseback riding. And there was a part that part of me that pulls out and goes, huh, isn't this funny? A Latina from the inner city and a horse. I would never, <laughs> ever put these two together. So there was a school horse named Willow that I loved. He was like a he he was like a former thoroughbred, but his foot had gone lame, so he couldn't run 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 anymore, race anymore. He was so elegant and beautiful, and he looked different than the other horses. And I wanted to love on him, so I was extra special to him. I'd give him molasses and oatmeal and warm water at the end of the day, and um, and then I got to ride him as a fringe benefit uh, after work. And so one day I'm in the ring and the other people in the ring are owners of their horses. So now these are people of privilege. They have enough money to be able to own a horse and take care of it. And so I'm riding Willow very gracefully. And we're just like in flow. Willow and I are one going around the ring. And these two women are sitting in, uh, on their horses in the middle of the ring and they're talking. And then they're looking back at me, keep looking back. And then finally I, I get by at one point, I slow down and then they go... Is is that your horse? And I went, oh, no, no, that's not my horse. This, he's a school horse. And they go, oh, well, you ride him like he's yours. And I went, oh, thank you. <laughs> riding, continue riding, riding Willow. And, and that always stuck out to me in that moment. And so I ended up taking a course at UCLA for screenwriting. Um in the middle and one of my, my hiatuses for Jane. And I ended up learning a little bit about screenwriting and I came up with an outline, but the outline's not good enough. I know it isn't. And I am battling with my own insecurity about trying to get it made. And I've made some attempts to share it with people and, and it's kind of fizzled out. And mm -hmm. so I haven't been able to get it somewhere, but yeah. I feel like it, I feel it's something we haven't seen. Yeah. And I want to see, I want to see this movie I, I, and I, I don't know how to do it, but I, I, I think I'll figure it out. <laughs> Girl, I think you will too. <laughs> if there's one thing that I know about you yeah. and I think everybody who's paying attention to you and yeah. reads your book is like, that, that's what you do. You figure it out. You figure it out. You figure yeah. it out. And if this, yeah, I mean, it sounds very compelling to me. And I think like anything, you know, you're an artist. Yeah. And if it's beating in your heart and it's 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 supposed to come out. Well, here's the, and the here's the ultimate reason. The the motivation for this book is to share uh of uh stories to help inspire, right? Mm -hmm. And to see an option for themselves. For me, the motivation in that book is to say, you know, how many horse films have we seen with white characters? Yeah. In the the protagonists are white characters. Yeah. We haven't seen until recently mm -hmm. Urban Cowboy, mm -hmm. I think it was called, um, with Idris Elba, and it's based on a true story. And um, there's a, one other one, but but we haven't seen a, a, a brown girl from the inner city right. in this equestrian world. Why can't, why isn't that possible? And then I started doing research. Mm -hmm. I found... Um, 
there are women of color in the equestrian world, mm. but you would never know it. But it is kind yeah. of elitist. Uh, you yeah. Know, you need somebody. Yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, here's another story. Oh, my God. So I'm in this UCLA class, screen screenwriter, teacher, mm-hmm. uh, white male, probably in his 60s. And um, we all had to come up with our film ideas. So I present this horse idea. And he goes, you know, um, I don't think it's plausible. And I went, <laughs> what do you mean? It's not, it's not plausible. Well, I, you know, it's a very uh, elitist uh area of the world and you need a lot of money in fact i've i have my daughter in equestrian and it's very expensive and i was like mm-hmm. okay i said well this is actually based on my life like these are actually real experiences that i've gone through yeah oh oh yeah and then another student in class chimes in have you ever heard of the um all african-american polo team in inner city philly well, no, no, I haven't. Yeah, 2020 did an ep- uh, a special on them, and they won the Interscholastic Championship out of nowhere. They came out of freaking nowhere. They had only ridden for three years, and they won even when their captain got shot wow. and killed, you know, uh, by a fire in, 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 the, in the neighborhood. Wow. Then the sub-captain stepped in, and it was a female who became the captain and brought the team to championship. And so here's this guy going, oh. And so that I felt so good when this student said this, and I went home and I was like, I'm gonna Google. <laughs> I said, tell me that it's not plausible. And I started finding all these examples, including one, the Compton Junior Posse, which is a non-for-profit organization in Los Angeles in the area of Compton. Now Compton is almost as famous as the Bronx, right? Right. For not being such a great area, mm-hmm. and uh, so this African American woman who who grew up in the South, she moved to Los Angeles and she was a real estate agent. And in her realtying, she found this farm in this big piece of land in Compton. Turned out that Compton used to be an agricultural area. She was like, "There's a freaking farm here," and so she had the idea to buy it for herself and her kids, and so she could have horses because she grew up with horses. And then she, her friends, um, her daughter's kids' friends, started bringing friends over and wanted to ride. And next thing you know, she's teaching these kids how to ride, but they have to work to ride. Amazing. Thirty years later, it's inner city kids come in to learn how to ride horses in the middle of freaking LA. And it's a non-for-profit organization. So I brought that one up to him. When I came to class the next time, I'm going to tell me it's not plausible. Well, damn it. Well, that's another (laughs) thing I've learned about you. When somebody, anybody questions your ability or if like it being possible for you and any, ooh, that like yeah. ding ding yeah, like yeah, yeah. the bell is rung and Andrea gets in and she's no. like let's go right now if I could only do that to myself because <laughs> like I'll listen to the one that tells me in my head that I can't do something right but somebody else I'm like I know Did I just say I can't do it <laughs> you watch me I'm gonna do it <laughs> That is so true. I have to do that. Uh, I know, right? Just I really connect that. Do like, that. <laughs> just flip it around, Andrea. Oh, my goodness. I love you. Thank you so much. I mean, this is, I feel, you know, for, with us, it's always a to be continued. Because, again, there's going to be, I know that there's so much more coming from you because you're just so 
you are insatiably curious and, you know, about a lot of things, but I think especially about what's possible for you. And what I love and what we'll close on is that you share that with the world. You know, you share your, the parts of you and, and you going through your journey and you, you know, getting in the ring of life, you know, and fighting for yourself and, And I think that's so important again. So I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful that you're here and that we get to highlight you and your beautiful epic book. Where do, where do we send everybody all the places to stay connected to you by the book, the whole thing? Yes. At andrianovetto.com. You can find a whole bunch of links to buy the book there, but it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, all, on, and all anywhere local, you can get a book. Anywhere you can get a book. Uh, but if you get a book, no, get a book, not if. Get a book. Get the book. Get the book <laughs> and buy one or two more mm-hmm. for friends yes. who you think that can use some inspiration yeah. and motivation. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm just going to insert this really quick. It's a substance-rich fast read. Fast read. It's a fast read. And I think that's important because, yeah. you know, the world we live and, in. You know, it's cool. You know, you can go and just pick a chapter and just, a, they're all standalone. The chapters yes. are standalone. They have a takeaway and you can just open it up anywhere and just take read. something from it. Yeah. 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 Get something out of that one chapter. So I love it. All right, girl. <laughs> to be continued. Yes. Yay. Thank you for having me again. Oh my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Please like, subscribe, and share. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review. 